You're listening to Becoming CEO, where we share our journeys as solo founders to becoming the CEO of seven-figure businesses. And these are our behind-the-scenes conversations as we figure it out. And these are things that most people just aren't sharing. So are you cheating on me? (laughs) (laughs) What is your... I'm just going to respond with a question. (laughs) Like, are you you a, a, a... generally heartless person with no emotion or do you really stick with people and try your best to help them win and succeed even if it means it's going to cost you in the short term i mean if if anybody's been listening to this this show at all (laughs) for 40 seconds or longer you clearly know that i'm the most ruthless cutthroat (laughs) mother ever out there i'm just kidding um I'm definitely the latter. Um, I want people to win. I fall in love with the people. Um, And I think in some ways that's an advantage. And I think in some ways the, it, it's cost me. I, uh, I, I struggle with this one a lot. Because I, I, I couldn't have said it better. Like, I think in some ways it's an, it's an advantage. And in some ways it's a massive disadvantage. It's an advantage in the sense of, you know, believing in people is a good quality. Mm-hmm. People want to be believed in. And, and we're talking about, obviously, in the context of employees, contractors, people yeah. who work for you. Well, we, will circle want back to be to, in. we will circle back to you not answering the question of cheating on me. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm evading the question. Have you seen Breaking Bad? Uh parts of it. I I'm one of the I'm one of the ones that didn't go all the way through cuz I've I've commitment problems to TV shows. So, I didn't right. see the whole it's, thing. It's wildly good. Yeah, um, I know. There's a know. point where in the show um Gus, who's like the drug lord, right? Yeah. Um he's talking to Jesse, who's the dealer. Yeah. And Jesse's a big mess up. And, and Gus is giving Jesse more responsibility despite him being a total screw up. And Jesse says to Gus, Hey, why me? And Gus says, I like to think I see things in people. And then Jesse feels validated. He feels like Gus sees something in him. Gus is the leader. He starts to level up. His performance improves. I think that's a big part of the game we're playing here, right? It's like the people mm-hmm. that we hire, they don't always they don't always come fully loaded with confidence. You know, they're they're not mm-hmm. always fully convinced of their own ability. And I think the game that we play as leaders, it's a fun game. It's a rewarding game is we get to see things in people and double down on what we see even if they don't see it yet. But that requires giving them rope, mm-hmm. giving them leeway, giving mm-hmm. them runway, giving them time to catch up to your expectations of them and where we get into trouble, where I get into trouble is when we extend that runway too long and the expectations don't get met. And then we have to face the harsh reality of maybe I was wrong. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Maybe I saw something that wasn't there or maybe the process of getting that person to that level uh, is is harder, longer, more complicated than I originally anticipated. Can you tell I've been down this road before? <laughs> Sounds like the first time. 
Yeah. I mean, I feel that for sure. Uh, and I feel like there have been situations for me where because of all those things you said, you like, I was a, like, here's like an example would be, um, I've never managed a sales team before I had, you know, two setters and two closers and some were with me from the beginning when there literally was zero standard set because I didn't know how to set one. And so then we set one and the, the people that have been around forever with zero standard because that was my fault don't rise to the new standard because they've gotten comfortable, but then I got comfortable with having them around. And so now there's this like, you know, internal issue where like some people are kind of performing at the standard that was designed. Um, but some aren't those that weren't just happened to be there from the beginning. And so the, the cycle of like, Hey, sometimes the old has to die for the new to be born. Like it's, it's tough to change someone's behavior. And so like in that regard, like as loyal as I was, I probably let some people hang around and the whole team probably suffered in some way, shape or form from it. Um, but I didn't step up because I didn't know any better. And so like there's the, you start doing things to accommodate this, uh, like when you start realizing that maybe it's been costing you. Um, and I think I've also been loyal in hoping that I can get people to change when I've allowed a certain behavior to be kind of ingrained in the way that they operate that isn't healthy and can't, can't continue, if that makes sense. I have even entertained the idea of rehiring people that I fired just because I love a good comeback story. <laughs> like this, that's extreme. This is extreme loyalty, right? Oh yeah. Remember that person, you yeah. know, they weren't the best, but they weren't the worst. Maybe this time will be different. It's Did absurd you, logic. I hope your wife's not listening, but were you the person that like kind of got back with the, your ex like multiple times? <laughs> Oh, I really hope I really hope she is listening. Actually, <laughs> because I don't, I I don't even, you know, there there is a, there there are attachment issues here for me personally. There's one hundred percent attachment issues. I you know if we're gonna put me under the uh, the psychotherapy lens, it, this is not this is not just work. I have a hard time letting people go, like letting them mm. out, you know, like severing ties. Yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely patterns of behavior there. The thing is, though, that you highlighted that's really important is it's not just your relationship with that person that's affected, mm -hmm. right? It's the entire team yeah. and the entire culture. And there's a very high cost to tolerating poor performance. And it affects everybody because they're all well, watching. Oh, totally. They all see what's going on. Yeah. They all see the rope that you're giving this person. They all see the shortcomings and the worse it gets, the worse it gets. Right. And then you have to consider, is it your responsibility to get this person to succeed? I mean, that's a pretty ridiculous thing to believe. It's never your responsibility to make them succeed. It's your responsibility to support them, um, help them serve them 
it's ultimately their responsibility to succeed, not yours. Yeah. Um, but you got to weigh that with your responsibility to the rest of the team and observe the net impact of this underperformer on your team at large and what that does to your culture. Yeah, for sure. Um, cause it can make, it can make an A player become a C player pretty quick. So what do you what? do? Just fire people? <laughs> yeah. So I guess like, I was like, where do we, where do we take this? Um, so, I mean, we both acknowledge that maybe we are, uh, have tendencies to keep people around longer because we're loyal. Um, there's obviously pros to that. Um, I guess like, you know, this is a topic that you kind of brought up. Like, what are you doing about it? If anything, or are you, is this just like, Hey, I acknowledge that this is the way I am. And if I'm starting to have, if I'm starting to question, is this person around because I'm too loyal? Is that like now just a trigger for you? Like, I guess like, because you've now become aware of this, what are you doing with that self-awareness? So a couple things, you you said something in the last episode about, um, I forget who it was, but somebody does one, one-on-one meetings with their team every 30 days. Mm-hmm. And they always ask themselves before this, before the meeting, if I knew what I knew now, what I would have hired this person. Mm-hmm. So what I try to do is have that conversation every 30 days with each person, at least the people that report to me. And the question is, I, well, to be fair, I would say it's probably more realistically quarterly. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it, it could be more often. And the conversation is, is this still working for you? Yeah. You know, and I try to gr- ground that conversation in their needs instead of my needs, because usually it's the same thing, right? If they're performing and it's going well, I'm going to stand to benefit. And if they're not performing and it's not going well for them, it's not going to go well for me. So I try to ground everything in what are you looking to get out of this and what level of performance is acceptable to you and where are you in relation to your standards and are we going to get there? And if so, what does the path look like? And I haven't been great about having these conversations, but what I found is that every time I've had this conversation, clarity ensued for both parties. Cause either it was, you know what? I'm not performing to my own standards. And this conversation helped me realize why. And now I'm going to go focus on X, Y, and Z to get my standards my performance up to my standards or it was, I don't know if we can make this work. I agree that there's a lack of performance under performance and I'm not sure what to do next. And then we start to navigate the conversation towards, well, maybe, maybe it's time for you to look at other options. It's never been a bad idea having that conversation. When, when you say that, when you're like, Hey, maybe it's time to look at other options. Um, I guess you're probably prepared for them to be like, okay. And then just like up and leave. Like, are you, um, like how do you kind of navigate that? Cause I, I asked because I was in a, I was listening to, uh, someone's YouTube video and they were, or maybe it's a podcast of like whoever has this, the saying like higher, slow fire fast is like, has never fired someone before because like 
sometimes it's actually good to fire slow because like you need to figure out what the hell your next move is. <laughs> and so like I asked because I like never had thought about it that way. It's like if you're in that conversation and it comes up that maybe it's not the best fit and you're all of a sudden saying, hey, like, well, maybe we need to part ways. Whether they're instantaneously gone or not, I guess I've never personally seen a situation where that person doesn't mentally check out and you're not immediately now in a position where you need to like replace them or that, that, that activity. Does that make sense? I've actually never seen a situation where that happened. Huh? It may be because I'm only going to so pop that question me. to somebody. No, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm only going to pop that question to somebody who I believe I have a level of rapport with, um, mm -hmm. such that they're able to entertain that question without, uh, jeopardizing their performance in the short term. And you know what? It, it, yeah. Now that you mention it, it's definitely gone the other way sometimes. Mm. But what I found is that when there's more rapport it, and I think it's tied to time, there, there have been people that come in a couple of months, two, three months, didn't work out and they left just as fast. But the longer the tenure, the more mm. I think you afford yourself the ability to have this conversation. What I've actually found is that when we have this conversation, a lot of times they double down in their commitment because they end up looking at other options and considering other options. And they come to the conclusion that it's better here. Mm -hmm. Not always, not always, but sometimes. Right. And, and I, I want to force that question because if, if you fundamentally believe there's something better for you somewhere else, you've got to go there. And in most cases, they're gracious enough to work out a timeline that's reasonable for all of us. But if you then come to the conclusion that it's better here for you, this is what you want to make work, then that renewed commitment is going to show up. And I can work yep. with that. Yeah. I like it. I think the big thing for me, man, is just, People shy away from these conversations just because they work for you doesn't mean they're going to work for you forever. It doesn't mean they should work for you forever. And I think you got to, as a leader, like you got to constantly, and it's uncomfortable. You got to mm. constantly check in. Is this working? Is this yeah. working? Like big question that I ask people is, are you having fun? Are you excited? Is this enjoyable to you? Because those, to me, those are lead indicators, right? Fun, excitement, satisfaction. If those aren't there, it's just a matter of time before their performance declines or they leave. So I want to know up front because I can control those lead indicators easier than I can react to the lag indicator of somebody leaving or dropping their performance. Is there anything that you are doing to like, I guess how I heard what you just said um, well, first of all, I love those questions. Uh, is this working for you? Is this enjoyable to you? Are you still having fun? Um, is a good check-in. And yeah, I'm, I'm beyond the point of like feeling like someone needs to, like I know that at how the size we are, that people aren't going to stay here forever. Um, you know, do I want them to think that there's you know a, a potentially five to plus year? 10 year even, you know, for certain, certain key roles, I think there is opportunity to see that far. Um, and so, yeah, I, I want people to be committed, but I'm not also an idiot. I know that there 
will be times where people will leave. So I'm cool with that. I think the thing that you brought up though is like one, this is hard because I think people are hard and having those conversations is hard. So as someone who also maybe gives too much leeway and uh, over indexes on loyalty like we do, um, do you also tend to, um, is there a correlation with, because I think for me, I, um, I have difficulty having those conversations. Like, not just the are you happy part, but like the, I think the conversations that are becoming more required of me now in this stage of growth that are tied to like, yo, are you ready to up level? Like your performance is slacking. Um, I'm not even sure like that this is work. Like I'm not sure that this is working. Like I think I have trouble having those conversations also as a byproduct of, I love this person as a person and I want them to win <laughs> and I want them to win with us yet. And so I feel like I lean into that and I don't have some of those conversations. Is there anything that you're doing to have those conversations, like to get yourself to have the, the performance, like, Hey, you got to up your standard type deal. Or is that also something that you're actively working on? I, I try to ground it all in what they want for themselves. You know, like I don't, I don't want to project what I want for them into the conversation. Cause it's, that's kind of irrelevant, right? Yeah. True. To me, the conversation is like, what do you want from this role, from your career, from your life? Like, what do you actually want? And then what role does this job, this vocation play in the bigger picture? And is it serving that yes or no? Now, once I have a clear picture on that, I can decide if that's going to work for me. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, I want the truth about their situation, their commitment, their motivation, what they're trying to achieve. And I don't want to adulter that truth with what I need in the business. Mm. Like, let's take sales, for example, like let's say, let's right. say concrete example, right? Somebody says to me, like, I want to know how much money you want to make as a salesperson. I want to know what your income. I don't want to project an income goal onto you. I want you to actually want it. I want you to tie your, your income goal to your financial goals, whether that's retirement or buying the house or feeding your, like, I don't care what it is. Like, I want you to get clear on what you want to make and therefore what your goal is. And then I'll decide if that's satisfactory for our team. I don't want to project a goal onto you because what are the chances you're going to hit it that way? I think that applies to everybody outside of sales too, but that's yeah, yeah. you know, a yeah, cleaner that's example to give. I will say, I don't know if you listeners have picked up on this, but uh, this doesn't sound like your first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm still like, not very good at it, to be clear. This is a, I'm taking this notes. Is a work like, I, mean, I took notes because like, I know that this is definitely a weak point for me um, on having that. And yeah, I think finding that balance between I'm being vulnerable here, but like I haven't asked some of those questions because I think I don't want to know what their answer is yeah, because I don't know if one, I can help them get that yet. Uh, and, or yeah, or something else. Like a, there's, there's something to that, that I need to unpack. 
you know, it, it also requires a level of confidence that I don't always have necessarily that if this doesn't work out, you're going to find somebody else and you'll be fine. And that's oh, for sure. not always yeah. easy. Yeah. 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 I think, um, I was, I was in my EO when I was back in entrepreneurs organization. Um, there was one guy in the hot seat who like was making his first hire or first fire. And, um, one of the veteran people in the group was like, I can tell you this, you'll never let this person go and not find someone better. Like there's never a time where you fire someone and then you don't find someone better because you're just weaponized with all of what you just learned from that not being the right person or the right situation that like you will make the whatever, whoever fills the next role or whatever, you'll do it better next time just from experience. And I was like, that's really interesting. Like if you're so afraid of losing someone, just know that if you lose them, whether they leave or you fire them, you will find someone better. 100% my experience. And at the same time, I know we're poo-pooing on loyalty, but I will say keeping great people is a fantastic business strategy. So oh, hell yeah. I think there's a time to we, play that game. I don't game. think we poo-pooed on loyalty. I just, I think, uh, as you wrote here in our notes, like the hidden cost of loyalty, right? That's, uh, I think it's aptly, aptly named, right? Like, it can get you into trouble. It can also create amazing, amazing relationships. Yeah. And actually to that point also, just because they leave doesn't mean, you know, you can't still have really great relationships too. I think that's also, you know, for me, it's like, I love these as, I love these people as people, even if it's not working, it's like, I still want to see them win. You know, like I have people that have left us that like I still follow on Instagram and like I'm seeing what they're doing or they had a tough day and like we'll message like, hey, you know, hope everything's okay. You know, like still cheering for you sort of thing. Like just that loyalty can go beyond just the, uh, you know, beyond the working arrangement. So I think you got to be you got to take some pride in what you did for people when they worked with you. You know, we talked sure. about um, we talked about Miriam last episode, who was our marketing manager. She's now the most senior marketer at the new company that she works for. And I checked in with her and said, how are things going? And she says, no one knows anything about marketing, <laughs> which is frustrating, <laughs> but everything I say is like gospel. They just eat up everything I say because I'm the most knowledgeable person in marketing in the company. Yeah. And that's great. You know, like it's, yeah. it's fantastic to see her ascend to that level. And you know, that's going to happen. People are going to leave whether you, you know, it's your doing or they're doing. Um, and they're often better off because of it. And you're often better off because of it. Amen. I think that's a great, great way to wrap it up. Um, hey guys, I've said it before and I'll say it again. We're just really kind of getting started with this show. So if you're just tuning in for the first time, make sure you check out some of the original episodes. We hope you're enjoying it. Uh, we don't ask for anything. Uh, of you, uh, you know, we wanted to bring you guys inside on some of the conversations that we had found ourselves having anyway. Uh, so hopefully you find them helpful. If you are, we would love for you to uh, give us a rating and review so that more people just like you could uh, could join us in these conversations and, and we very much appreciate it. So we'll catch you next time. 